0: is always ready to give us but we have to be expectant amen and god can do it any way he wants so you know he might he might say something quite unusual to you but you have to just accept that you know we're just it'll make sense amen so we're blessed tonight once again to have uh, prophet david with us and um, we've had a really good weekend yesterday we had a good session and teaching on the basics of the prophetic ministry it was very very excellent And then this morning, we had a great uh, time as well, and so we're blessed again. Um, David travels all over the world teaching on prophetic schools, apostolic schools, and God has mightily used him in so many nations, so we're privileged to have him. He is my brother-in-law, so uh, besides that point, it's great to have you, and we honor you, David, as a prophet, and we receive you as a prophet tonight. So let's give uh, David a big hand as he comes up to minister to us tonight praise god hallelujah god is good all the time amen Amen. come on all the time god's good every time you come into the presence like this something could happen every single time every single time just say that every single time every single time we come into the presence of god something is imparted something is released Don't ever become tired of the presence of God or become insensitized to the presence of God. Amen? Come on. Sometimes we can become insensitized. We become tired. We think, well, we're just going to come and have another meeting, a couple songs, good coffee, a biki, and then we go home. And God says, no, I want to impart some stuff into your life. And so I'm going to just speak really quickly tonight on, and I know this is a little bit of a controversial title, but How many of you know that prophets are a little bit controversial? Amen. Because we see things from a different perspective. And the thing that I appreciate about the prophetic, it's like, you know, every day is a new day. The word's the same. The spirit's the same. Same spirit, same word. Amen. Same Holy Ghost. But every day is a new day. And we need to start seeing it the way God sees it. And so if you're making notes tonight, and please take notes. Because sometimes the things I speak about can't be taught. It can only be caught. So You catch stuff in the Spirit, amen? Come on. You catch stuff in the Spirit, and God wants you to write some stuff down so that when you get home, you can actually go over and say, okay, God, I'm going to pull out off the meat, amen? I want to pull the meat off the bones so that I can hear what God is saying to me. And so that what I'm speaking about tonight is let's move from just building the church to unlocking the kingdom. Because we've all been building the church, and that's great. God loves the church. But I think the time has come when we start unlocking the kingdom and start realizing the power that's associated with the kingdom of God. Because if you go to Matthew chapter 6, let's just go to Matthew. We're going to spend a lot of time in Matthew. Let's just go and see some stuff here. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. And uh, we all know that very, very well. It's really the – people call it the Lord's Prayer, but I don't think it's the Lord's Prayer. Hello? It's the disciples' prayer, because it's, it, Jesus didn't sin. So how could he be praying, Lord, forgive me my sins? Amen? That's just my opinion. Okay, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And can I just be a little uh, fussy tonight to say, isn't it amazing? It doesn't say, Our God in heaven. It says, Our Father in heaven. So there's a little bit of a, a sensing that we're speaking to a father we're not speaking just to a God, but He is God. But you know what I'm trying to get at? It's our Father in heaven. There's more intimacy. There's more personable type of um, introduction. There had to be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when I look at that, I realize that this statement should be forever tattooed on our hearts. Your kingdom come. Wherever I go, because I'm carrying God, I'm carrying the Holy Spirit, I'm carrying the kingdom. And so everywhere I go, I'm consistently looking for a manifestation. I'm expecting for God to do something when, he, when we're around faith, when there's an expectation, where there's a drawing on. I always love it when I'm around a people and they're drawing on the anointing. They're pulling on the anointing. There's an expectation. They're not tired. They're not bored. They're not playing with their glasses. They're not yawning. They're not picking their noses. They are intently waiting to hear what God wants. There's something about that atmosphere that makes God want to move. Amen. Come on. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so, and so can we see a pattern when you go to Matthew chapter 4 and you read um, Matthew chapter 4 verse um, 15. And it says, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Amen. Come on. They were moving. There was a transition happening. And upon those who sat in the region, and shadow of death, light has dawned. Suddenly, Jesus appears uh, on on the stage of the earth. He appears on the platform called earth, and he starts to speak some things into that region, or into the universe, or into the atmosphere, and he says that. From that time, Jesus began to preach and saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know what that means? When you read that in the context of the Greek and the Hebrew, that word repent actually means change your mind. I want you to change your mind in terms of the kingdom. I want you to change your heart. I want you to change your attitude. Amen. Come on. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, the kingdom has just manifested on the earth through the life of Jesus. Everything that that the kingdom is manifested through his life on the earth and still does today through his church. Amen? So there was this amazing transformation that happened. And so, I don't know about you, but when I read this, I realize that there's this pattern emerging when we start to read the Word and we start to realize His kingdoms come on earth as He's in heaven. And then He brings us into this beautiful relationship and gives us His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Come on. And so, uh, we are, I believe, I personally believe this as I travel and I meet different people. I believe we're in one of the most powerful global awakenings we'll ever experience. I'm telling you, right now, you know, just, we were just sitting, we had our uh, apostolic meeting uh, with Pastor Che, and we were just speaking about this stuff. Uh, You know, every year we get together as an apostolic team, and we sit down around the table, people like James Gall and people that are really touching the nations, and uh, Stacey Campbell, and other people that were there. And, um, we were just speaking, and, the, and people started to give us the statistics that are happening around the world. 180,000 people are getting saved every day. 180,000 people that they know of. I mean, this is just a very conservative uh, percentage. Uh, Indonesia, that is one of the largest Muslim nations in the world, 35% is not Christian. Amen. Millions of people in in China are getting saved every year. And so there's this great awakening. In Europe right now, there's a young man called Ben Fitzgerald that I know personally that... Became came and ministered in our church before he went to Bethel, and, and when they released him from Bethel, he went to Germany, and he said, I'm going to see uh, Europe awaken, and people were like, you're crazy. Do you know that in the last two years, they've had massive um, awakening conferences where they thought that only a few people would come, maybe 100 people, 50,000 youth. 50,000 plus, 60,000 youth came to their first rally in Germany, in Hamburg. And then in Prague, they had another thing. It was like 90,000 people, 70,000 people are coming to these rallies. Amen. Come on. In Belgium, God's opening Belgium. So when I look at that, I'm saying, God, there's an awakening coming. And it's about us understanding how we connect with the kingdom of God. I personally believe prophetically we are in a reformational era. God is reforming the church. The way we do church, the way we do the kingdom is going to be different. Amen. Come on. The way we teach, the way we impart, the way we prophesy. I was just speaking to um, Pastor Tom that we're not just going to have generic words that just going to make people, people feel good. Well, i got a word. Hallelujah. And it's like you're going to wait for the next prophet to come. But God's going to start speaking words that are literally going to bring revival in your own hearts. There's going to be something imparted in you that will be so powerful that you won't be able to sit around and do nothing. You'll be so charged with the power of God. Amen. Come on. You'll be so on fire. Things will start to, uh, God will start releasing stuff into your life. Amen. Come on. And so Ephesians chapter 4. I love Ephesians. Let's go there quickly because I believe God is establishing platforms of authority. God is uh, uh, um, uh, establishing platforms of um, destiny and purpose. And when I read Ephesians chapter 4, I just love Ephesians chapter 4. I mean, you can wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I could preach Ephesians chapter 4 because I live out of that. Amen? And uh, in verse 11, they can just read this. And it says, uh, and, and, it says and he himself gave some to be apostles. And I want you to notice that he doesn't say, I gave everybody to be an apostle. He said, some apostles, some pastors, some evangelists, some pastors, some, um, let me read it again. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. In some um, translations, it says, for the perfecting and the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Amen. Until we all come into unity of the faith. And I believe one of the most powerful expressions of the kingdom that we're going to see in these days is great unity of the faith. I'm telling you it's going to happen. We're going to see the apostles come into unity with the prophets. The prophets come in unity with the teachers. The teachers come in unity with the pastors and the evangelists. And on that level, there's going to be a platform of unity that God's going to release in the church like never before until Jesus comes back. Amen. Come on. Before Jesus comes back, there will be unity and the full expression of who Jesus is will be made manifest on the earth through the bride. Read the Bible, it's there. Until the fullness of Christ, it says, um, um, it says this, let me just read the whole thing. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, and, and so it goes on. And so when I look at that, I believe that God is establishing apostolic platforms. He's establishing platforms of anointing, platforms of gifting. There's certain platforms. What I mean? It's almost like the church is going to come out of herself, and she's going to start to realize, this is what I carry. I carry the kingdom. Well, Pastor David, can you explain that? I'm glad you asked. What happens when we prophesy? When we prophesy, we're actually establishing the kingdom. When we lay hands on the sick, we're actually establishing the kingdom. When, when we speak in the word, we're establishing. When we give a word of knowledge, we're establishing. When we speak about faith, we're establishing. Amen? Come on. Everywhere we go, wherever God is made manifest, He is establishing His kingdom. The kingdom of heaven must be preached. Um, and Matthew, uh, is at Matthew twenty four fourteen. It says, and this kingdom must be preached. Amen? And so we're living, and, and Jesus said that 3,000 years before we were around, and so he prophesied 3,000 years into the future and says, my kingdom will be preached by this generation. Isn't that amazing? And so I just, I just love that. We have to get the structure right, people. We have to understand why we're here and what we're for. Like I said this morning, we have to move from membership to kingdomship. We've got to understand that it's not just about building the church, it's unlocking the kingdom. So the question is, how have we laid our foundation? I'm so grateful. We spoke about it tonight. I'm so grateful for the faith foundation that was laid deep within the structures of my heart. Because as I travel around the world, there's a lot of people that want the supernatural. They want a feeling. They want a goosebump. They want to lie on the floor. They want to shake. That's cool. I'm happy with that. But when they get up from that place of that manifestation, they don't have a language of faith. They don't have a language for that. Amen. And I really believe we need to go back into our foundation and sort of ask God, what have we laid in our foundation? What does our foundation look like in this season? Amen. Come on. What are you building on? You can't build on prophecy. You need to build on the word of God. You need to build on relationship with God. Amen. Come on. Prophecy is part of the mixture. Prophecy is part of the mortar that goes into the into the wall. Amen. But prophecy is not the wall. The word of God's the wall. And so many times we look at the prophetic and we think that's the wall, the foundation, the structure. No, that's just part of the building. Amen. God's building. And so, so, so I believe we have to start redigging this stuff and we have to start to say, okay, God, where do I have to go in terms of my foundation so that I can build well? And so when I leave this world that I actually leave a legacy behind that other people can build on. And so in my own life, the greatest joy I've had is to leave a church to people to say, okay, there's the church. I'm releasing this ministry to you. I'm releasing that inheritance to you so that my ceiling my becomes their foundation. Amen? Are you hearing me? And so many times we have to go back and be honest enough to say, okay, God, in terms of what I'm building, what do I have to find in my foundation? Because I'm going to share some stuff with you tonight that's going to help you. Amen? So let's go quickly to um, Matthew. Go back to Matthew, if you don't mind, and let's have a look here. I love Matthew with all the parables and all the stuff. Amen. The parable of the sower and the parable of this and the parable of that. Let's go to um, Matthew 13, and let's have a look here quickly in Matthew 13. Just a little verse here. It's not a long thing. Matthew uh, 13, 31, the parable of the mustard seed. So I, I actually carry with me what I would call a little prophetic reminder. This is my prophetic reminder. I've got a little thing here with mustard seeds in it. And I'm going to pass this around, and, and uh, I, need a, I need a mustard seed policeman so I can get my mustard seeds back. But, but, you know, I did some research, and I want you to listen to this. I started to say, okay, God, the parable of mustard seed. And it says here in the Bible, it says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's like, that is interesting. Now, I'm not a big researcher. You know, Pastor Tom's like the researcher boffin of the world. But I started to do research, and this is what I found. I found that in the Middle East, I want you to listen to this, in the Middle East, architects and building contractors are more fearful of the mustard seed than anything else in the world. Because in the Middle East, they build with sandstone. And so I put a white mustard seed in here because you couldn't see it. So I put a black, I put a couple of black mustard seeds in there. But a white mustard seed. Now listen, they build with sandstone. And if a mustard seed lands in the foundation of a sandstone building and is not found, that little mustard seed, over a period of time, because how many of you know that sandstone is porous and it attracts moisture? Hello, And if that little seed is not found in a couple of weeks, it'll actually destroy structures 80 stories high. So they are very fearful. They are extremely fearful when they build, they actually vacuum out the foundations in case a mustard seed got in there. And God says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And so I'm looking at this, and God spoke a word to me. He said, my kingdom is like a mustard seed, but my people are the seeds. And if I can get them to go into the foundation of a culture, a nation, a region, a city, they will bring change in that culture because they'll know how to germinate in the right time. Mustard seed, you can have a look at it. Look at that. Just pass it around. Those are mustard seeds. So I carry that around as a prophetic, just a prophetic reminder. This is a mustard seed. And if that mustard seed falls in the wrong place or in the right place and finds a little bit of moisture, what's going to happen is that mustard seed is going to what? Germinate. And bring forth life. And it's literally going to push over buildings and destroy foundations. Because it got into the cracks and the crannies of a foundation. And nobody took notice of it. Let me tell you, for a long time, the world has not been taking notice of the church. But God has been taking notice. And I prophetically declare that we are about to see a great awakening. Because people like little mustard seeds had got into the foundation of their nation. And now suddenly, things are going to stop. To come to the surface where you've been praying and you've been prophesying and you've been waiting on God, and then suddenly that mustard seed starts to germinate. On the other side of the coin, it's also negative to say, Okay, well, the mustard seed of whatever is ruling the mountain. How many of you know that whoever rules the mountain rules? So, whoever is ruling the mountain of religion is ruling. Whoever's ruling the mountain of education, family, government, come on, commerce, um, media, arts, all that stuff. And so we need to start to ask ourselves the question, are we the mustard seed? Have you become the mustard seed in your culture? Because I said something this morning, and I didn't stay there for a long time. But in the old days, the Romans knew how to conquer, but they didn't know how to culturize. Otherwise, all of us would be speaking Italiano, eating pizza. Amen. Who did it well? Who did it well? If you look around the earth, do you know that more people speak Spanish and English? Amen. Come on. The English went and they started to not just conquer, but they started to culturize. The Spanish went and culturized. Amen. Come on. The Portuguese went and culturized. They realized that we had, they had to change the culture. And I really believe when I look at this whole thing, I feel that we are the influence. Amen. You need to look at that little seed and say, God, I'm a mustard seed. For us to influence cities, nations, and cultures, we've got to see ourselves as the, as, the, as, the, as, the, as the influence. I'm the influence. I'm the mustard seed. I'm going to get into foundation. Amen? Come on. And, some, and many times the prophetic word you receive will actually enlarge your vision to understand your capacity to actually change the status quo. Amen? Is that making sense? Just say, I'm the mustard seed. Come on. We've got to embrace the practical context. Sometimes we're so out there, we want some more theology. And God says, no, I just want you to be practical. I just want you to start speaking the word. Start positioning yourself. Find your assignment. Don't get confused between your calling and your assignment. My assignment is to change culture. My assignment is not to uh, um, embrace a subculture, but to actually change culture. My assignment is not to embrace culture. My assignment is to change culture. To be the change. Like I said this morning, I want to be the thermostat that actually comes into a room, and I understand the temperature of the room, and I change the temperature of the room to suit what God's doing. Amen? I don't come and just check. I'm not a thermometer. I'm a thermostat. And every one of you sitting here can actually start changing the area of your influence and you can start checking and sensing, well, Lord, what is the temperature of my school? What's the temperature of this thing? What's the temp- what's the temperature of the city of Sydney? I, I just read an article and I was astounded that next year they're gonna have the world, the world's largest LGBT parade in your city. And we just say, Oh, well, that's their problem. But we don't realize what we actually attract to the city. We attract the most horrific demonic principalities and powers to your city. Amen? Come on. And so from now until whenever, until you hear the news that they've actually canceled it, praise God, you need to get on your face and start to say, God, we're going to be the mustard seed. We're going to get into the foundation of that whole thing, and we're going to pray and pray and pray and intercede, and we're going to start to confess and prophesy that it will not take place and Sydney will not be seen as the LGBT capital of the world. In Jesus' name. Come on. Otherwise, we just let this stuff go, and the next thing, we can't understand why our city is in rack and ruin, and there's all sorts of stuff, and then we're having to battle unnecessary stuff. Amen? Amen. A couple of months ago, in our, in our city, 10 minutes from where I live, and not a couple of months ago, probably two years ago, about 18 months ago, a young man drove into our city on a Monday morning. There was a prayer meeting going on in a church in town, 10 minutes from where we live, He went into a prayer meeting, sat in the prayer meeting for for an hour. People were ministering to him. He got up and shot nine people to death. And the whole city was like, we were in shock. People were in shock. People were falling on the pavement, weeping. Never happened in Charleston. And every demon in hell came into our city. People drove in. I wouldn't mention their names. But they came into our city to start trouble, to start demonstrations. They wanted people to demonstrate. They wanted people to burn down buildings. And the city drew together because we had a resource. We had unity. That We were the mustard seeds. We had already been growing in our community. They couldn't change the face of God in the city. And so those people left within an hour. And the whole city drew together. And I'm going to tell you, it was surreal to see black and white and every color and every race walking together, praying together, weeping together, worshiping together, because we were the mustard seeds. And we said, not on our watch. You're not going to come into our city. And our city, we have probably 1.5 million people living in and around Charleston. So it's not a small little bitty country village. Amen? Right now you've got Boeing there. You've got Google that's moved in. Volvo's moved in. It's now seeing as the Silicon Valley of the South. So we have something that we have to contend for. And so I, wanted, I just wanted to paint that picture that you are the mustard seed. You have the influence. You carry great authority. You carry great authority. You carry the power of God. You carry creative ideas. You carry creative prophetic ideas. Come on, you've got to start to speak that over your life. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You're living from a place of vict- victory. Amen? Come on. And you've got to put that, that thing in your mouth. You're going to have to put that word in your mouth. Many times we're waiting for the harvest. God says the harvest you need is in your mouth. So you have to change the language, amen. Start to just change your just change your language. New wine. We're going to have to have to um, um, uh, really embrace this practical context of building on the foundation of, of of the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, amen. That's what the Bible says. Building on the foundation of apostolic authority and supernatural authority and the prophetic um, um, expression that's coming across around the world. Great prophetic stuff is going on around the world. Sometimes for us to understand His kingdom, our narrative has to change. Your narrative, in other words, sometimes in a church setting like this, and this is what I found in my own life, sometimes God's doing amazing stuff, but we don't have a narrative for it. We don't have a language for it. We don't have the word for it. We know God's doing something. So what we need to do is stop the boat and say, okay, God, what is the language you want to give us for what you're doing in our city? Give us the language. I have an image. I have a vision. I have a dream. But what's the language? Does that make sense? Sometimes we have to start to ask God, what is the language that we need to be using in this season to be able to explain and describe what He's doing on the earth? In my own life, I've had to find the language because I'm prophetic. It's like God gives me visions and ideas, and sometimes it's like, God, I don't know what that is. And then God starts to drop the revelation into my spirit and starts to give me the language to describe the picture. Amen? And I just see over this city great wealth. Great blessing, great favor, but at the same time, you've got to keep the gates closed. You've got to keep the spiritual gates closed to the enemy. You can't open the gates and just say, "Oh well, just everybody's welcome." Can't do that. You're going to have to understand that even though you know, even though I've spoken about the mustard seed in a positive manner, can you imagine the mustard seed in a negative manner? That we start allowing stuff into the foundation core of our city and our culture, and the next thing, these things start to take place, and then we don't know how to deal with it. Amen. Amen. Take every thought captive. Why does he say that? Because once a, a thought starts to take root, you can't listen. You can't bend a tree that's twenty foot wide. You can bend a little tree when it's, I mean, really thin, a little weed, you can bend and pull it out. But when we start uh, allowing the stuff to come in, that old big old mustard says, the mustard seed becomes a tree. You don't want unnecessary trees growing in your foundation. You want the wrong tree. You want the right tree. You want the truth of God. You want the power of God. You want want the core value of the kingdom to be growing in, in, in your foundation. Just a couple of things. Number one, language is very important. His kingdom on earth. You need to write that down. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom in me. Start to use that. Use that language. His kingdom in me. In other words, I'm going to start to visualize the power, the creative power of God in me as I live on the earth. I'm going to start to believe that God has a purpose. Amen. Come on. God's got a purpose for you. I'm going to start to believe that. I'm going to start to speak into this thing. Amen. Come on. God may have given you a canvas and you don't have a picture on the canvas yet. But when you start to speak, God starts to put something on canvas and suddenly there's an image and start, things start to break through. Amen. Come on. You have got to put it in your mouth because many times, how many of you know that our language is so important? I've learned to stop speaking nonsense, negative stuff. Well, Pastor David, you're always so positive. Yes. I'm an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. I'm always looking for the breakthrough. I'm looking for the opportunity. I'm not looking for the worst situation. Amen? Come on. Even in sometimes when I'm flying a lot, and they say, well, this plane is going to be delayed. Do you know what I say? No, it's not. That sounds a little ag- arrogant. That's cool with me. But of course, I'm not going to agree with that seed. Amen? Somebody came to me the other day and said, well, the doctors gave my husband five months to live. I said, I don't agree with that in the name of Jesus. And he's lived past five months. But if we say, oh, well, you know, because it's isn't it amazing? We men and women of the Spirit, we actually allow the natural to dictate to us. So we watch the weather, we watch all the stuff in the natural, but we speak this language of the kingdom, but we're really not sold out. Amen? we got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Amen? That was cool. But really, the natural realm still just gets us all stirred up. And we don't know how to facilitate a lot of stuff. You've got to break free from that stuff. I'm not moved by the natural. And I used to be. You can ask Tom. There's a lot of things that used to stir me up. I still get stirred up, but not as much. Amen? Come on. And so I just won't allow it to happen. Number two, his church is not just a structure but his expression. His church, you, his church, you are his expression. You are his life expression. You are the expression of the kingdom of God. You are his breathing expression. Amen. I know sometimes we walk out on the balcony, and the moon's beautiful, and all things beautiful, beautiful sight. I love nice scenic things. I love the bush. I love the African stuff. But you know what? At the end of the day, you are His living expression. Amen? Three, Ecclesia. I know that we use that word many times. How many of you have heard of the word Ecclesia? The word Ecclesia means the government of God. Just say, I'm the government of God. You are the government of God, Pastor Jim. You have the government of God operating in you. Amen. Come on. Don't ever grow tired of using these things. You called out. You're influential. You're the mustard seed that God's planting in the foundation stones of your culture and of your city and of your family. Amen. Come on. Find that little place and say, I'm going to bury my. what happened to my mustard seeds. Thank you, Jesus. You thought I'd forgotten. And can I, just, can I just encourage you, get yourself a mustard seed, put it in a little thing like that, and carry it, carry it around with you. Get a few and say, God, this is going to be a prophetic reminder of what I am in your hand. Sort of speak over it. Well, I need a prophetic word, buy a mustard seed. I'm serious, and start to look at it and say, God, I know that that's so small, but I'm going to be like this mustard seed. If this mustard seed gets in the right place and the right um, moisture and the right atmosphere, it is going to germinate. And it's going to destroy the wrong foundation. Those guys, it says, when I read this article, it says architects have lost their lives in the Middle East because they didn't check the foundation. And so this is a big deal. If you go to the Middle East and you carry a whole bunch of mustard seeds into their country, they'll lock you up. So don't take it to any place in the Middle East. Well, that was just my overview. Amen? Come on. And so in just closing, and then we're going to get right into ministry, I just want to say you and I create an activity You actually create an activity on the earth that is undeniable when we step into this place of understanding our positional authority. Remember what I said this morning? I said if you don't know your jurisdiction, you won't govern well. You won't lead well. You won't disciple well. You won't speak well. You won't lead well. You won't have, you won't vision well. You won't see well. You won't, so you'll always be subject to everybody else's stuff. But when you understand this is what I am, I actually, I create the activity. Not the devil. I create an activity around me that people are drawn to. Amen. Why? Because I'm consistently hearing and I've been activated by faith to actually manifest who Jesus is. So I create an activity I create an activity on earth that can be that is undeniable because I'm plugged in the kingdom of heaven in me and through me Come on you need to start to confess that the kingdom of God in me and through me so I'm not just living my life from Sunday to Sunday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday when I'm in community when I'm doing community how many of you do community every day Both hands, both feet. You're drinking coffee. You're in the library. You're doing shopping. You're going to Coles. You're in Woolies. You're doing community. That's called community. And wherever you go, you can actually infiltrate community. I've watched Pastor Tom. We went to a coffee shop the other day. Everybody knows him. He's doing community. People know who he is. Amen. Come on. I was at Starbucks a couple of months ago. It was amazing. I walked into Starbucks, and I'm just standing there watching, looking, my shorts. I've got my thongs on. It's my day. Oh, do you use the word thongs? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so, because in America, it's crazy. You can't say thongs. It's like, meh, you know. And so I'm just, I'm just watching the coffee beans, and there's a guy standing. I kid you not. There's a guy standing from here. Probably where Pastor Tom's sitting, he's standing in the queue. I'm here. there's no one there. it's early in the morning. I'm looking at the coffee, I'm staring out the window, I'm thinking about what I'm going to drink, And this guy that's standing that far away from me turns around and says to me harshly, "Why are you standing so close to me?" And then runs out the store. It's like And God says, "My kingdom's come. My kingdom came in that moment." Amen? Come on. I'm walking down Waikiki Beach trying to be romantic with Pastor D. We don't have a lot of time, so we have to do a lot of stuff in in a week, you know. So I'm walking down. We enjoy. We love Waikiki. We love Hawaii. We used to live in Hawaii. So we're walking down the beach, and I said to D, there's hundreds of people in Waikiki. It's like little Hong Kong. Hundreds of people, millions of people there. It's in summer, and I said, and out of all the people, God highlights one person to me, and I say to D, that lady, when she comes near me, this is what's going to happen: she's going to she's going to fall on the ground, she's going to manifest, and she's going to curse God. So D, you know D, she says, how do you know? I said, just watch, just look and learn. And so we're lo- walking along. Out of all the people, listen, out of all the people, this woman falls on the ground and starts to manifest and curses God. God says, my kingdom's manifesting." Hello? So we've got to understand what we carry. We don't understand what we carry. We're just, oh, we're just happy Christians. Jesus is going to come and get us. But in the meantime, you're actually carrying the activity of the kingdom of heaven. You're actually carrying God. Amen? Come on. God looks at Mary and says, Mary, you're going to carry God for nine months. Can you imagine what happened in her mind? praise God, she wasn't religious. She just said, be unto me. <laughs> I, I, I know what some religious people were saying, ah, we're going to have to argue. And, no, she just said, let's just, just do it. Amen. So we're coming into a season, instead of you arguing and resisting and trying to be all, you know, heady about what you are and what you're not, just say in the season of your life, God Do it unto me what your desire is. I want to carry the kingdom of heaven. I want to manifest the kingdom of heaven. I want to pray. I want to prophesy. I want to lay hands on the sick. I'm not going to walk around with a victim mentality thinking that I have to survive another year. No, I can't wait to get into 2020. Amen? And so just one more scripture, Matthew 28. And if you've got an Amplified Bible, it's actually better to read in the Amplified, Matthew 28. And so, Matthew 28, verse 17. Let me, let me just find it over here quickly. I'll read it from verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16. It's an amazing um, um, scripture. It says, Who's got an amplified Bible? Can I, can, okay, have you got it there? Have you got it on paper? Yeah, let me just see if this is the right one. Mm, yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You are holy. Sister listen to what this one this is the correct translation. How many of you know that the amplified is a direct translation from Hebrew and Greek Amen, come on and on the on top of it, a woman actually did all that, so you can understand why there 's so much in it okay <laughs> matthew twenty eight sixteen Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, listen. To the mountain to which Jesus had directed and made appointment with them. I believe we're living in a season where God is making an appointment. That young man sitting over there, what is your name? Joshua, God is making an appointment with you. There are some issues in your life that God wants to heal. God wants to restore you. God wants to stir you up. God wants to bring you into a place of alignment. It's like God just wants to whisper in your ear. God wants to blow on you. It's like I just see you like a creeper, and there's like this, this, this hot wind that's been blowing against you. Instead of you creeping up the trellis, it's like you've been wilting under all the circumstances and all the feelings and all the stuff in your life. God wants to heal you, Josh. God wants to restore your vision and restore um, destiny and dreams and stuff that you've had on your life. Amen? Come on. This is going to be a season where God is going to do a deep work in your well. It's like you have this amazing well, and the enemy and all sorts of circumstances have come and filled up your well. And God says, I'm going to clean up your well if you want me to. Amen, Josh. Come on. You need to understand that. You've got such a beautiful thing on your life that God wants to use. Amen. Come on. This lady sitting here with a bright orange shirt on. I, I, I want to tell you, it's like God wants to come and intervene in every area of your life. Amen. God's intervening in those areas that you thought... God could never break through into those areas. And God says, I'm going to show you what I can do with a little bit of faith, with a little bit of desire. God says, I can come in there. Amen? Come on. And so there's, I believe God's making an appointment with us. He says, I want to meet you. He didn't meet them in the valley. He met them on the mountaintop. Amen? Come on. Things happen on the mountaintop. You know, I hear people all the time, well, Pastor David, you know, we valley people. No, I'm not a valley person. I'm a mountaintop person. Amen. When I go hunting, I go in the valleys, I shoot my stuff in the valleys. And then I eat it on the mountaintop. Amen. It's all these people, I want to be in the valley. No, get out of the valley, because valleys, that's where God trains you. But mountaintops, that's where you celebrate your victories. Amen. Come on. As we get all religious, well, I don't want to be on the mountaintop. It sounds too good. You better be on the mountaintop. Amen. Come on. And so, listen, this thing's changed. It's gone crazy on me. Hallelujah. Only woman. Praise God, we weren't flying. We'd be in trouble. And when they saw him, listen, they fell down and worshipped him, but some doubted. You'll always get the doubters. And these dudes had been with Jesus for three years. They still doubted him. I still don't understand it. Jesus approached, verse Matthew 28, verse 18, in the Amplified Bible. Listen to what it says. Jesus approached and breaking the silence. Say, breaking the silence. We've got to start to break the silence. This morning in Esther, we read her uncle had to go back to her and say, Esther, if you remain completely silent, you and your household will die. So Jesus comes and breaks the silence. Because how many of you know you can have an elephant in the room? Amen, come on. You break the silence by becoming the mustard seed. You break, the, you break the status quo. You destroy the norm. You become something that's absolutely unique. You get into the foundation of a nation. You break the silence. You shift things. You bring things into alignment. It says, all authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. In other words, he's saying, I want you to become the mustard seed. I want you to become the activity. I want you to become the change. I want you to become the expression of who the kingdom is on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to break the silence of mediocrity in your culture. I want you to be so different. Not just the same. Just the same. Well, we just want to be normal. There's no normality. When I read the Bible, there's nothing normal. It's not normal to, to, to have 12 baskets of fish and bread. It's not normal. It's not normal to raise people from the dead. It's not normal to do that stuff. It's, it's, it's out there in the supernatural realm. Amen? So can you just put some music on? Just say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, captivate my heart. I am the, I am the mustard seed in my culture, in my family. In every sphere of influence. In Jesus' name. Come on. You've got to break free from disappointments. You've got to break free from all the stuff that distorts the truth. That distorts the truth. That distorts the truth. that, That breaks you. It's almost like it halts you. You lose your momentum. Amen. Come on. I believe that God's releasing apostolic prophetic assignments over your city, over your nation. You've got to start prophesying over your city. Don't wait until stuff happens. Say, God, I thank you in Jesus' name that Sydney will be known as as the worship capital of the world. Come on. It's going to be the prophetic capital of the world. It'll be the faith capital of the world. Start to prophesy that. I have people in America right now that'll pay $10,000 per person that they want to come to Hillsong next year. People are overwhelmed. They're like amazed. Whoa. When you speak about Sydney or Australia, it's like, People are attracted to this nation, but are you attracted? Are you attractive? As I go there, you've got to become attractive. So, Father, we thank you.